my biggest failure ever to this day is me not passing my boards my first time. Again, imagine all of that work, the most decorated pharmacy student ever. And for me to do all of those things and have all those accolades and not pass the test that we go to school for eight years to do, like I still remember crying and not having money and all this other stuff to then come back and then do it. But again, if I would have, if I would have passed it at that time, I would have still been working for CVS because I had to get let go because I didn't have my boards that allowed me to a hundred percent put my focus and energy into one passing it, but then two getting the fellowship that I got the following year. Again, learning that lesson of, of understanding those failures really allowed me to one, taste it, but then always every single time believe in myself to get back up and also have the looking backwards. I wouldn't have what I have today if I would have gotten it on time. My name is Fela Abioye, and this is How to Corporate, my digital show dedicated to helping you identify what's holding you back so you can advance your career. Man, let's just open it up, man. Give a little bit about your background. Yeah. I mean, the first thing I'll say is I'm the oldest of three boys to pastors, Mike and Christy Obaman, uh, my brothers, John and James, big up to them. I'm not nothing without them. They taught me how to be a leader. Uh, my parents uh, moved over or came over from Nigeria, Edo State, Nigeria. Shout out to Edo Power, which I own that hashtag. I own that uh, trademark, by the way. Uh, Edo um, to, Power. To D- <laughs> hey. <laughs> Uh, they came to D.C. And, and that's how I got my name, George. Uh, my dad went to Georgetown. Um, uh, my mom likes to say uh, she really named me after King George, which is why I'm a, uh, a mama's boy. Um, but from there, I uh, went to Stafford High School where I played ball, uh, lettered in varsity basketball and football and where I got scholarships. Um, and it was that summer that I finally went to Nigeria for the first time, got to see my family uh, in Africa, my grandparents and really understood um, I think shifted what I thought about legacy and, and, and family. And so that's when I pivoted away from sports, which was a selfish thing for me and I was great at, but it wasn't going to do anything for our family because I wasn't going to the league, um, to healthcare. Um, and more specifically, as I understood how, what was the quickest way to become a doctor and what was the most dynamic way to be a doctor, um, that's why I pursued pharmacy. Um, I went to the University of Houston. That's where I fell in love um, with um, Alpha Phi Alpha and the concept of fraternity. Um, And I think that's something that um, is going to follow me throughout my career as I share a little bit more. And as I thought about not just fraternity in terms of how y'all see us hop, I think Ada Mew taught me the power of being different. When you think of Alpha as literally wearing black and gold, um, Ada Mew, we wore red because of the University of Houston. And so that triggered something to me that you don't always have to be what you are defined as. You can define what you are. And so as I thought about pharmacy, that's important. I thought about not just being your typical pharmacist, um, which I think is needed in the community, but how could I be a pharmacist or healthcare person in business? And that's how I got the opportunity to go to Texas Southern University across the street. Um, from there, um, I got the opportunity to go to the FDA in DC. Um, and that I took me away from Texas, um, got to intern at Bristol-Myers Squibb, and then I saw what I really wanted to do. Um, From that opportunity, worked for CVS for a year or two, and then went to Eli Lilly in our policy department, Um, saw that I really preferred to do marketing um, before I left over to be where I'm at today um, in Ann Arbor, Michigan at the Ross School of Business. Again, um, all of my learnings that I've learned on how to represent and be um, really fraternal and and, and understand community and energy, um, I've brought along my whole career, and and I assume that's what we're going to be talking a little bit more about today. So that's a little bit about me. Just a little bit, man. Not 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 too much, right? 
yeah, yeah, yeah. no, man, that's, 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 that's awesome. I mean, I think that's important. You know, you think about all your experiences and how community has played such a big factor for you into having success, right? Because that's what this whole platform is about, is helping, is really trying to create a community, right, of others to help folks understand that, hey, look, you want to get to where you want to be. You don't have to do it on your own. There's other people who may have paved the way for you beforehand. Uh, there's other people who may have experiences in the past that, you know, may have done it, you know, and so you can tap into that, tap into that network, tap into that community in order to help you get to where you want to be, man. So I'm really excited about that. So, so, um, so you kind of talked a little bit about, right, your experiences, you know, one, going through pharmacy school and, um, you know, trajectory to get into the big pharma. Most people think of a pharmacist, right? They think of, you know, your local druggist, right? You know, working at a CVS, which you mentioned, right? A Walgreens or, you know, a grocery store, right? But your career clearly has been much different than that, right? So when you think of a, a pharmacist, what, what made you not pursue maybe a quote unquote traditional route when it comes to pharmacy? Yeah, um, I don't really, I, I, I could say there was a class at University of Houston where it taught us about all the different areas of pharmacy. That's probably where the seed was dropped. But I think it was really more of like the who I am as I'm learning myself. Um, I like to be, I mean, not just the first for first sake, but how do I build pipelines? And so I saw it at a very early stage that there wasn't a lot of literally being in the health center uh, or the, um, if you want to call it in Houston, where we have the medical center, like one of the, the top medical centers in the country. Um, as I learned more about the pharmaceutical industry or I learned more about the business of healthcare, there wasn't a lot of um, pharmacists or black people that looked like me that were doing that. And I was like, all right, if we don't have it, how can I find a way to get it? Or, and, or as I'm finding it, if it doesn't exist, how do I make it? And so that, that opportunity came to me when I learned more um, from the Student National Pharmaceutical Association. Um, Rebecca Forte was a president at that time. Um, and, and also one of my, my ex-girlfriend at the time, Crystal Booker, um, who's a great friend of mine. She's also a medical doctor. She opened my eyes into like, oh, there is an opportunity um, to be uh, in the pharmaceutical industry. And then from that opportunity, it was, okay, taking an action step to not just learn about it, uh, but be an active member of the organization. And so I went from being a member to being an officer. And then I led our first ever conference at, at Texas Southern University in all of the all of Houston and in all of the organization. And that was the time that I got exposure to more people. And I got put in contact with my now big brother, Enoch Karayuki. And if you look him up, Enoch, E-N-O-C-H, uh, well, one, he's African, came to Texas Southern, went to go do a fellowship at Rutgers, then worked on Wall Street, um, then became uh, now literally a CEO, um, where his company literally about a week or two ago um, just got acquired. And so as, you, as I had that vision, now it's like, all right, so how do I recreate that and or how do I expand more opportunities for, for me? And that all started by, again, one, being exposed to taking action steps um, to that so that you can be an example to others. And then three, engaging with people in front of you that are either doing things that haven't been done before and helping to guide you. And, and I think using that and, um, formula, um, again, in terms of exposure, being the example and then engaging is something that I continue to do to this day as I'm venturing off into other areas. No, bro, that, that's, that, that's awesome, man. You know, um, I, I think it's a lot to be said because, you know, you saw all around, you know, you had some different experiences around you. You had other people you tapped into, but you decided that, you know what, I know this is the, the traditional route that they have kind of, quote unquote, laid the path for me, but I want to find my own way. I want to find a different way to get there. 
you know, because I think it takes a lot of courage to do that because in today's world, we specialize in so many different things where we go to school and we're told, okay, you know, you're going to be an engineer. This is the work that you'll line of work you'll be doing. You're going to go to law school. This is the kind of work you do. You, you know, you're going to get a degree in education to be a teacher. This is the work that you're going to do. But you're like, mm, yeah, okay, that's, that's cool and all, but I want to do something that taps into some different skill sets, right? And so, like you talked about the business of pharmacy, that's a big piece of it. I think being able to keep your mind open to new things and not necessarily just going with what people tell you to do. I think there's something to be said there. Uh, no, I appreciate it. And, and I think to your point, um, even in this world today, like literally there's this thing around uh, ownership or equity. Um, and uh, so many times like this, this game, this, this place wasn't created for us or people that look like us. And so it's going to take, as you think of the rules, as you think of the institutions, as you think of the places, looking at, looking at that more as like a platform or a place to experience and explore versus like, hey, this is the path. Um, and, and not to say, hey, for, for people that need to or want to follow that path, that's great, but it is okay to create in, um, different paths and create ownerships and to create equity um, so that you're able to uh, feed and not just feed, create jobs versus just have a job. So that instead of just finding a career, you're able to follow like your calling and create calling for other people. And again, um, thank so much for, I'm so thankful for um, ADMU, University of Houston, for Texas Southern, um, and even for the professional pharmacy for giving me that platform because now I see and and I'm able to do, to take that platform and make it bigger to not just pharmacy, but healthcare, not just healthcare, but wealth care, not just wealth care, but connecting those two together. And, and again, not just doing it for me, but but showing others how to do it through other platforms and, and places. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So, so as you kind of, you know, talking about where you're trying to get to, I think about, you know, just, you know, you worked in a lot of different areas, right? When you're with your last employer, I mean, from strategy to, to marketing to recruiting, DNI, you know, uh, business development, like, and that was a lot compacted in the yeah, to me in a short window, right? And only like what seven, eight years, give or take, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, were all those moves strategic? Were you always kind of on this path of man? I need to tap into all of these different areas so I can kind of build some of my knowledge base as I go to try to do something bigger on my own in the future. Or like, how did you even go about creating those opportunities to even cross over? Because I think sometimes you know when people want to do something different, right, and say, hey, look, I've been doing this for a while the last five, 10 years, and I want to try something different, but I, I don't necessarily want to leave the organization I'm with. How did you, you know, make those pivots? Yeah. Um, so strategic, that was the question, were they strategic? It mm -hmm. was strategic in the sense that I wanted to make sure I got exposure to other areas. But mm -hmm. in between those times, if you, if you just look at my rise, it looks like just a rise. But I got, I wouldn't call it fired. I got let go twice in there. And when I say let go, uh, companies, big companies go through reorganizations. And there was twice that that happened that really allowed me to one, understand, do I really want to do this? And uh, this being be in pharma and do all this stuff because it happened twice. And mm -hmm. literally those are some of the lowest times, but then it also literally opened up opportunities. Cause if not the first time and my first, the first time it happened when I was doing my payroll, I was like, no, nah, I'm gonna stay in this role for another year um, mm -hmm. to prepare for business school. And mm -hmm. God was probably telling me like, nah, your time is now. And mm -hmm. And even though th that time period was probably some of the darkest times that happened, it was that failure that allowed me to find like who I truly was and also gave me the first ever opportunity to be the first ever pharmacist in consumer marketing. And so I got the opportunity because of me being let go to find myself and find an opportunity to lead a 
product launch from beginning to end. And that, that experience is invaluable. That's the experience that then off of that got me sponsored to go to business school to where I'm at now. But then also off of that, imagine you're at your uh, highest high. Again, it happens again um, to where we do a reorganization. But then because I had that perspective, I already knew something else was coming. And at that time, that's what allowed me to then become the first ever marketer, not even just farmers, the first ever marketer leader, our startup team. Um, as we're developing a new teams within Eli Lilly and I led our startup division before that happened. And again, neither one of those opportunities would have happened without failure. And so to the question of strategy, I definitely wanted to make sure that I was being exposed to other areas, but I'm not going to lie to say that I made all of those things happen. But your question also that was asked was, how did I make that happen? I came into a fellowship in policy um, mm -hmm. and I made sure that um, I met people outside of policy. I also made sure that I can get super involved um, with not just policy, but Eli Lilly as a whole. And so that's where myself and a group of uh, people, and I'll say Daniel Neville specifically, we felt that, hey, we have the Black uh, Network, we have the Women's Network, we have the Veterans Network, we have the Disabilities Network, but there's not a network for early career professionals. And we went back and forth on calling us young professionals or anything like that. And we're like, you know what? We don't want it to just be about young people. We want mm -hmm. it to be also the acronym ECP to stand mm -hmm. for experienced career professionals because you also need allies. And I mm -hmm. say that to say that platform of allowing people to see what we can create inside a company allowed me to then be competitive for a marketing role when I had no marketing experience to then get my first actual payer job. And so I wanted to make sure as we talk about your first question of strategy, the strategy to have a bigger vision than me, yes, was there, but then I had pitfalls that I didn't control. Also, my strategy when I first got into was to make sure that I got super involved in the company that was uh, 40,000 employees to make it smaller, to make it more of a community, to make it more of a fraternity. And we did that through ECP. But we knew that ECP wasn't just about uh, early career professionals. We needed allies and experienced career professionals. And so as you're building something, as you're growing something, how are you making something big, smaller? How are you making sure you have a big vision for yourself, but know that there's going to be failures? And then also, how are you making sure you have allies that identify with what you're trying to do, not just on what they're getting from you, or sorry, not just what you're going to get from them, but what you're also going to give to them. Because also when we were getting more and more exposure as early career professionals, mm -hmm. we were taking away from experienced career professionals, but we were intentional in ensuring that they got exposure and um, they got some, some uh, advice and equity too. So lot, lot or big lesson in that, in that question, but I think all yeah. of that was strategic. Yeah, yeah, no, man, I, uh, I appreciate that context because I mean, I, I heard a few things that, that kind of stood out to me. One was, um, you know, not letting failures, right, dictate what your life is going to be, right? You know, so you had situations that you might have, you know, got let go or got laid off, and that happens to people all the freaking time. And we can get caught up in that, right? Be in the moment and say, man, this really sucks and get down on yourself. And, really kind of succumb to that. But, you know, that has no necessarily any bearing on what your future will be. Right. And so you said, OK, hey, it's cool. You know, it is what it is. Well, it's not really cool, but it is what <laughs> it is, you know, and but I'm going to figure it out anyway. And you parlay that into a new opportunity. Right. But how did you do that? Right. And the other second piece that I heard out of that is building relationships, building your network. Right. Not only with early career professionals, but also with other experienced professionals, you know, within your organization, you were clearly the front, you know, runner on trying to lead the charge on a lot of these different initiatives. And so, so you clearly was able to build some equity within your own name and the work that you were doing and building some credibility, which is the third piece that I heard from that, you know, with other people. And I think people sometimes, um, 
they forget the importance of building credibility with others. And credibility doesn't always mean just the work that you do day in and day out, you know? And so credibility sometimes is just a part of the relationship aspect, you know, just knowing that, hey, look, you're a good person, you're reliable. If I call you, you'll answer, you'll come through, you're a straight shooter, et cetera. So, so you know, when situations happen and say, hey, you know what, we're going to, you know, have some layoffs, but you know what, I really like George. He's a hard worker. He's doing a lot of great things in his organization. We'll find a place for him. So that happens all the time behind closed doors that people don't always realize. So, you know, when they come down as, you know, big organizations come down and have reorgs and say, okay, we're going to have layoffs. Don't think that they don't have the same conversations to say, okay, of this entire department that we're going to, you know, lay off, which of these folks do we want to keep? Which of these yep. folks do we feel like a top talent? Which of these folks do we feel like are important to the organization? So you got to find ways, right, to show your value regardless of what your role is. So I think that's a big piece of it. And clearly you were able to do that, but I don't want people to miss that aspect of it. Does that make sense? That's true. That's true, man. That's so true. Yeah. So, um, so I guess, you know, just staying in that same realm of all the different things that you've done, right, from, you know, leading uh, the Student National Pharmacy Association, um, all the work that you clearly were doing with your last, you know, employer. What's what's your philosophy or what what has what has your philosophy evolved to when it comes to building relationships, either inside of work or outside of work? Like what what does that look like to you? I mean, that's the first thing. I think so many people use the word networking mm -hmm. and it's not networking. Like you have a network, but you have a network of what? relationships a network of what connections and so my philosophy is like any relationship like some people are just going to be in my life because they're my life i feel like you're stuck with me because we're eight of you so that like that's my relationship that's literally why we're talking today because i'm probably not on your podcast today if you didn't know me off of that or if you didn't see my journey literally speaking because there's a million podcasts and i'm not on all those podcasts i'm here i'm here today but then there's others that you actually go and you build 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 a connection because again, mm -hmm. people think that a LinkedIn post or Instagram or like, um, and while those could actually literally be a connection, you still have to build on top of that. Just like you have to build on top of a house. Like you open up a door to a house, you still gotta build it by putting furniture or doing other things like that. And, and just like that, just like a bath or how you brush your teeth, you gotta continue to, for the relationships that you feel need to be stronger or, or the connections that you feel need to be stronger, you gotta rinse and repeat those quote unquote every day. And every day can be every year, every quarter, things of that nature. But again, these are things that you're going to definitely have to water and grow over time. And so my philosophy is to treat things not as network or networking, but to treat them as connections and relationships. And I think just like any relationship, you treat your brother different than you treat your mother, then you treat different than your girl, then your mm -hmm, frat bro, mm -hmm. all those things, understanding and, and uh, putting into sections what those are. But then also, just like when you have Thanksgiving, intentionally bringing those together here and there. And that's how you grow your connection, your relationships over time. Um, the last thing I'll say is, hey, if you're enjoying what you're hearing and learning something new, take a second to rate this episode and write a review. Oh, don't forget to share with a friend or a colleague. All right, back to the show. I think for my relationships with my connections, because all that's great. Um, the action that I do more times than not is that I invest or give. And so there's mm -hmm. times and, and people will say this all the time, um, both literally because I said those words, you think of money and sometimes it is, but then it's also mm -hmm. time. And sometimes mm -hmm. it's also like advice. And sometimes it's also, the, and I don't think about what I'm going to get back. It's, it's going to come back to me when it comes back to me, because again, when you mm -hmm. invest in something, I mean, there's day trades and all that stuff, but I invest yep. long-term. And so when you think of that and you've invest and you close the books and then five or 10 years from now, like you have what you have, 
that's how I treat my relationships. And over time, vice versa, if I'm not getting things back because of the what I'm blessed to have, the network that I do have or the relationships that I do have, just over time, those relationships that are not like dually, I don't check them. It just falls off. It just does by yeah. happenstance. So that's that's how I see things. And that's how like actions that I take um, in my life with those. No, man, that's 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 awesome. I think that's um you, you named something I think that was important in there is investing, right? Like investing in relationships. That's how they become relationships. And, you know, there's always different levels, like you kind of mentioned, right? You know, your friends versus your parents versus, you know, uh, fraternity or sorority, whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Everybody's kind of got a different level and those relationship levels kind of move up and down just as we continue to evolve in life. So, um, but it's important to understand the key difference between relationships and networking. That's something that, you know, um, I've talked a lot about on this platform and I'm going to keep talking about it because I think people <laughs> need to really understand because I think we just, we get, misconstru- we get misconstrued on what that really is, especially in today's world when we think about social media, right? And the aspect of connecting on social media, right? You know, I mean, you may, I don't know how many followers you have, right? But let's just say you got 10,000 followers, right? You know, and anytime you post something, you get, you know, a thousand likes, you know, a hundred comments, et cetera. You think, oh man, I'm, I got, I got all these, you know, friends. I got all these network people in within my network. Right. But you know, how many of those people did you call if you were on the side of the road and you had a flat tire and had no way to, to get it, to get it changed. Right. Like that's not a, that's not a relationship, right. That's just a, you know, it, it is a bit of a quote unquote connection. It's a, it's a bit of a quote unquote network, but that's not a relationship. And so there's levels to it. And I think we got to understand and not misconstrue what we see on social media versus, you know, what we see in real life, because, um, you know, I think there's a difference. Not to say that you can't build relationships through social media. I think I most definitely think that you can, but we just got to understand the differences between the two and how that plays out in the workplace, how that pay, plays out in our personal lives. So I, I'll get off my soapbox, but I, you know, <laughs> I just think we got to understand the difference, you know? I, I definitely agree. And I definitely, I, I know your audience um, per se might be of a certain generation. I, I do think um, to build upon that, we are going to be going into a world where um, quote unquote social media becomes real life um, mm-hmm. as we think of Web3, as we think of metaverse and all these other things. And so um, to the point that's being made, it's also about just being intentional. Like mm-hmm. you can have 10,000 followers putting quotes in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, for the, the the people that are looking at this on audio. Um, and, and again, you, all 10,000, probably not even one, will help you on the side of the road. But if you're intentional and you, you're trying to do something um, for your followers, per se, uh, developing and being intentional with those followers um, from a digital standpoint, and, and if you want to call it converting them to real life things through services and products from that can create connections True. and stuff. But you have, no, to, be, you have to be yeah. intentional with converting. Yeah, no, and so don't get me wrong, right? I think you you hit this you hit the nail on the head, right? It's investing the time with within your listeners, within your followers, right? I'm hoping everybody that, you know, listens and watches this understands that, you know, I'm investing this time and this energy to everybody that's listening here because I'm trying to pour into those folks. I'm trying to pour into people that I'm hoping to get something out of it. So so no, man, I a hundred percent agree with you there. So so um as as I think about kind of staying in the social media realm a little bit, right? I deem you as a IG curator, right? So, (laughs) (laughs) right. I mean, you're always smiling, man, always providing a lot of good energy, right? And that's, you know, some of the topic here um, or the essence, quote unquote, 
um, around all this. And I feel like you always are providing really positive vibes around just what you do and anybody that you're around. Um, you know, how much does that matter to you as far as like protecting your space, right? Making sure that the people that are around you, the people that, that come into your life and how you present yourself, you know, in business or in your personal life, how much is energy and being positive and all that play a factor to you? Man, it's, it's everything. I mean, energy, um, and I'll play on it in a little bit, but we're not right now. Energy to me is like energy ecosystem, like the people around you, like you said, you're like your circle. And one of my hashtags, is, is support your circle that's both like literally people but it's also like the, the things and the, the energy around you and i don't even know because as you're talking I, I need to figure out what when this was exactly but there was a switch on ig that happened back in the day ig used to be about like literally just posting everything you're doing and when i say that like almost like a, a floss like if someone got a new car they're flossing and if someone got like a new house they're flossing and again i'll go back and see when that pivot happened but it was a time when i was like you know what one i'm not going to post as much as i used to post and two, I'm not going to be flossing. Like I'm literally, literally losing my platform to celebrate other people. And I think I went on a rampage of like literally not posting anything by myself for a while. And I just posted nothing but my friends. And then this was before the stories came out and then the stories happened. So that allowed me to not have to post, but I can use the story feature. And it was allowing me to like, to your point, show people like one, I'm a pharmacist. I'm a black pharmacist, which there's not a lot of black pharmacists. But even as I say that, you think a black pharmacist or any pharmacist only a CVS. I'm going to show y'all not. We got business shops. Then I'm from Houston and going to Indy. And people think of Indianapolis, they think of cornfields. Like, nah, I'm going to show you that <laughs> Indy is lit. And literally it is. Like you look on anything today now, Indy is one of the fastest growing people for young professionals. But I was showing that before it happened. And now I'm in business school at Michigan. Again, one of the top uh, institutions in the nation. And I'm not just talking about business school. I'm just talking about institutions in general. And we just beat, like while I'm here, we just beat Ohio State. So I'm literally, not even just like playing games, literally living history. And I want to show that and going back to your energy and your ecosystem, like people think like you have to live in quote unquote failure or live in like what people think like, nah, I want to show you that. No, you can live and succeed by uh, amplifying others. You can live and succeed by being in places that haven't been seen before. You can live and create what is there. And so um, to go back to your question, like energy is everything to me, because if I don't have that, then I'm sitting here listening to what everybody else thinks and being dark and flossing. And, and I, I don't think that that's what life is about. I think life is about using your platform to empower others, supporting your circle. And as you invest in pouring to other people, I think it like the, all boats rise. Yep. Yep. No, man, that's, that's facts, man. I think that's uh, one. I think you, you, you definitely utilize your, uh, your platform in a great way. And I think people get that from you, right? Like they get that essence of like, okay, um, you know, there's a lot of positive vibe, a lot of support in your circle, um, which is at the end of the day, that's what that's what you're putting out there. So hopefully that also returns back to you. So and in this day and age of, of social media, and I, I keep referencing it because it's it's a part of it. it's a part of what we it's real. It's a part of our lives. And the energy that's put out there can be very, very toxic sometimes. And so um, and you can get caught up in, in certain things and and get into a certain wavelength, right? And it starts to affect you personally and affects you at work and how people view you and perspective and stuff like that. So I think it's a, it's important to talk about how, how you control your headspace and, you know, what you put out there right into the world and what's, what's coming back to you. Uh, I think that's just a, a, a element um, that sometimes we forget, right. To, to, to think about. So, um, so, so thinking about like where you invest your time and, and your energy. So you, you co-founded, a nonprofit pharmacy initiative leaders pill right and you spent a lot 
a time with this organization. Could you maybe tell a little bit about like what this organization is and, you know, um, the essence of why this is important to you? Yeah, no. Um, so the first thing I'll say is Pills Pharmacy Initiative Leaders. It was started by um, Dr. Brian Sackey at Howard. And I always love to give the um, origin story of anything. That's why I even started with my name. And I think it's very important for, for Pills. Um, it, was, it was started at a time where SNAFA was and still is one of the predominant organizations for um, Black pharmacy students. Um, and it was something that I was literally a part of. I was the first ever executive chairman, executive consultant, and I love the Student National Pharmaceutical Association still to this day. Um, but I also saw there was a cap of like, after you became a pharmacy student, um, yeah, maybe you get involved with other organizations, but there wasn't an organization that I saw that was covering not just pharmacy, but healthcare. And as Brian and Josh, who were the two people that brought this concept to me, so Brian started at Howard University and was just a, uh, if you want to call it group, at like a university group. Brian had the vision with Josh to take this nationally. And so in order to do so, he got three SNAFA executive leaders, Josh Blackwell, Dr. Josh Blackwell, and Dr. Onye, um, who just had a baby girl, shout out to Onye, and us four started it. And if you look at our backgrounds, though, all four of us, while we might be Black, um, have different perspectives of pharmacy. So um, Saki was, he did a residency, um, and he has a lot of letters after his name. So I, I can't, I don't want to even mess up his justice, but just let's just say he's very specialized. <laughs> Very specialized. And <laughs> yeah. we have Onye, Onye who, um, who's not just uh, a professor at the University of Houston, go Cougs. Um, she's also in oncology, and so she's an oncology expert. And we have Josh, who, who did his master's at the University of Houston as well, in terms of after pharmacy school, but then in a health administration standpoint. And then you have myself from the business aspect. So as you think of all those four, there's not still to this day an organization that's trying to change the face of healthcare at every stage. And that's what our uh, vision is, is not just at the world of pharmacy, but to really um, change the face of healthcare at every stage. And this is, we, this is our fifth year, we call it our birth year. And so we are making a pivot. We're gonna make a pivot to where we're gonna focus on our four, and I'll call them five Cs. That being the community first, our community, if we do what we're supposed to do and invest to impact our community, that will then impact our classrooms. And if we do what we're supposed to do to impact, um, invest to impact our classrooms, that will affect the careers that not just pharmacists have, but that all of healthcare has. And if we're able to impact our careers, that gives us more capital. And if we're able to do that capital, then we can connect that, which is the fifth C, to reinvest back into the community, to our classrooms, to our, uh, to our careers, and to our, our capital. And it becomes a virtuous cycle that goes all around. And so as we see PILS, we see PILS as um, the organization that will change the face and feel of healthcare. And it's something that I've invested a lot of time into up until this day. Um, but, I, but it is something that I'll use this opportunity to share. Um, there's a bigger vision for me personally, and bigger vision that ties everything that I'm about. Um, as I've shared today about supporting your circle, I'm blessed to have the name G. Um, and as I think of energy, not just energy, but energy, I've been blessed to have the, under, the vision of having the circle of healthcare, which I've had so far, but now going into the circle of wealth care. How can I provide financial wealth to the people around me. And so in doing that, I don't think they're separate. Remember health is wealth, but I also mm -hmm. think that wealth is health. And so how can I connect those two? Uh, again, with the G being in the middle, um, G not standing just for George, but G standing for how to be um, grounded, how to be able to galvanize others, how to generate, and then um, uh, eventually how to grow. And if we can follow that in terms of not just how we're building out pills, but how we're building out all of the small businesses that are started right now to be um, just giant enterprises investing back into each other and investing in each other's circles, then I think that that's something that we can truly do. And so that's what I hope to, in the year of 2023, when I graduate, 
officially have not just off the ground, but have operating um, and to really support my circle with not just words, but support them with the financial opportunities to support them with the merch, to support them with the media and support them with any and everything that they need in that ecosystem. And so um, pills is the healthcare standard for, for that. And then I'll have a couple of, as my partners that are um, helping me do this now, know uh, we'll, we'll have that to come in the next year or two of how I'll be having a, another organization from a financial standpoint and connecting those two together. Man, that's that's awesome, man. I have to give you a new title, philosopher over here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, man, you got your hands full, man. So, um, but that's but but that's awesome, honestly. Like big ups, you know. Um, clearly you've already put forth the work, you're putting forth the effort. And again, going back to the word community, as we talked about at the beginning of it, I think this just kind of falls in trend with, you know, what you're all about and what you're doing and, and what you aspire to be. So I think that's awesome, man. So um, so you, you kind of talked about this a little bit earlier, um, but I think it's important to not only highlight the successes, but also, you know, uh, the opportunities, the failures that we all have in life. Um, we all go through rough periods, right, in our careers and our personal lives, but I maybe wanted to have you maybe take a second and, you know, as you think about your career, maybe what was a rough period that you had through your, your working force, your, or even just, again, through school that you felt like, man, this was really, really tough. And how did you maybe work through that? Man, I mean, the hardest thing was getting my PharmD degree. I mean, full style. My first year, I got the 4.0. But then after that, like, I failed calculus. And I was probably like, eh, okay, whatever. I'll get in the time. And then fast forward three years, I didn't get into pharmacy school when I thought I was. But again, that, that was the first gift because that's when I got the opportunity to pledge. And it was probably that first failure that every single time, like to this day, I know it's like every time I fail, something good is coming out of that. Because if I didn't become an alpha after that, then maybe I wouldn't have this perspective. But I know I don't have this perspective without becoming an alpha. And then after that, I got into pharmacy school and then I failed um, uh, chemistry. And I say that because, yeah, people say I got A's in orgo chemistry, Dr. Bot, like I was killing. So to, for me, it was a lesson in being um, overconfident in myself, like putting too much weight in myself and not doing the work. And so it was that that shook me to understand, okay, that even though that failure happened, something good came out of it. Because if I would I did not graduate on time, but if I had graduated on time, I wouldn't have got my FDA internship and my BMS internship because they came in my last three months of school, literally. And so again, my failure gave me something greater. And then finally, me, my biggest failure ever to this day is me not passing my boards my first time. Again, imagine all of that work the most decorated pharmacy student ever. And for me to do all of those things and have all those accolades and not pass the test that we go to school for eight years to do, like I still remember crying and not having money and all this other stuff to then come back and then do it. But again, if I would have, if I would have passed it at that time, I would have still been working for CVS because I had to get let go because I didn't have my boards. That allowed me to 100% put my focus and energy into one passing it but then two getting the fellowship that i got the following year again learning that lesson of of understanding those failures really allowed me to one taste it but then always every single time believe in myself to get back up and also have the looking backwards i wouldn't have what i have today if i would have gotten it on time that's that's awesome perspective honestly you know because it's important i think to really highlight you know, the aspects of, you know, failures aren't always just failure. You know, sometimes it really is just an opportunity for you to take a step back and show you you need another path, you know. And so um, so sometimes when you apply for that role or you try to, you know, pass them, 
that board exam the first time around or whatever the case may be, you know, hey, maybe you needed that, you know, in order to get you to where you're supposed to be. So, uh, but to stay encouraged and keep the energy up in order to get you uh, to keep going, I think is an important aspect of it too, man. So that's awesome. So, um, nah, man, so I'm going to kind of start to bring this to a close, but man, I really appreciate, you know, your time here. Um, so for anybody, again, you know, listening, watching that may want to go down a similar path or may want to do some of the things that you're doing, one or two or any action items, man, that you would highly recommend, like, hey, this is what has helped me to get to, you know, be successful and get to where I want to be, man. Just any recommendations out there? Yeah. I mean, I, again, I'll follow my formula for energy, like my energy, like literally look inside yourself first and understand and ground your own self in your origin, like ground yourself in your origin and what matters to you. And you have to really truly understand yourself. So first ground yourself in your origin and what matters to you. Second, when you find that, galvanize others around that. And so when you're thinking of what you're trying to do, how are you galvanizing others around that community? I've been blessed to see it in action in AWU or SNAFA, but then I created my own in PILS and in and the future the OGO group. Then when you're able to do that, how are you generating other opportunities for others? And so again, as, a, as you're talking about, yeah, you grounded people, you've galvanized people. How do you generate, not just follow, but generate new things? Then that's how you will finally grow outcomes. And so grow those things. The reason why I'm able to remind, remember all of the things I just said in terms of the energy. One, my name is G, that's my origin. But if you under if you heard me, everything was G-O, which is also like my initials of George Openman. And so as I've done that, I've literally created a formula from my own self to allow people to help others. Now, George, that sounds great because marketing, how does, all right, can you give me some really even more tangible or practical ways? Go find something that you're really curious about or interested in. Go dig deep in that and get a couple of people to help you out to do that because you're always going to have to sell and bring people around you anyways. And from that, create things that haven't existed before. Um, there was a rule um, that uh, someone said in terms of innovation. Sometimes you just have to change things 3%. That's innovation. People think you have to create something that's very brand new. Uh, sometimes you just got to do it 3%. And then from there, as you continue to do that over and over again, the consistency happens, then you grow. And so that's, that's the way that I would tell you to do it. And again, feel free if, if you need to, to reach out to me. I'm public everywhere, George Openman or at George Ock. Um, I have another alias for other things, but I'll, I'll leave that there. You'll find it once you find George and I won't, I won't bloody the, the waters with that. Appreciate that, man. Philosopher George, sports book. <laughs> G-O, energy guru, man. I appreciate that, man. Nah, this has been awesome, man. I think, uh, folkly folks, I think got a lot out of this, man. I definitely think I've gotten uh, plenty out of it, man. So I appreciate your time. So um, I think you already provided any contact information. Is there anything else that you want to share? Just about yourself, man, before we bring this to a close real quick. Uh, less about myself, because I don't want to do a disservice to the somebody that somebody was Virgil Abloh. Yep. So that was the 3% rule for Off-White. He just changed. If you look at stuff, he changed it off 3%. But then I'd love to give a shout out to to my lady, Porsche. I think that's also, I know we haven't talked about that um, at all. Um, I think for me, that's a blessing to have a partner um, that has a vision of, for you. I know you yourself, um, you, your partner is one of my favorite people in the world. And, and I know she's been a rock in your life and literally giving you um, another human being. But that's something that I think is very important to have a partner in your life that's able to ground you and or water your own dreams versus take away from you. Um, again, similarly, that's investing in you and you're able to invest in. And I'm thankful for her and what she's done and, and very grateful for how she's been able to ground me over these last couple of years with everything going on. Thank you for 
um, not just this podcast, but you've not just been along this journey. You've been someone that I needed on the journey in terms of whether it's a place to stay when you were living in Florida um, or Vegas um, when you were there as well. And, and so continuing to be a shining light and, and excited to be a part of this how to corporate um, community and, and looking forward to see it grow as well. Appreciate that, man. Appreciate that. Nah, no, man. Don't forget to like and subscribe. For more content, click the link in my bio to follow How to Corporate on all social media platforms. Until next time, keep building.